we we lift up um, Gil Lord uh, just first continue to comfort him but I, I just pray that through this process quickly even this week Lord that they will figure out what is going on um, and so he can get himself back to normal I know he longs to be here with these guys um, and just so many things he's not able to come to right now and we do again also thank you for just this amazing medical um, operation that John Eagle had. And just thank you that um, he was able to go through that, has gone through that successfully. We pray, pray for a complete recovery. Continue to pray for his wife Taffy as she uh, is praying for full healing of her head um, so they can put back in this plate Thank you, too, because she's doing a lot better, too. So just be with us tonight uh, as we open up your word for each of us personally in your own way, Lord, speak to us. Thank you for the gift of the Spirit that individually lives in us, but collectively has us become the temple of God where your presence resides right here in this room. It's just like with the temple way long time ago in the tabernacle, um, Lord, it's just amazing that your presence lives in us today. May we experience that, feel that, know that, discern that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Um, let's open up to... Ten. Nope. No? Ezekiel 34. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the book we're in. I forgot. Yeah, it's Ezekiel. No, well, you guys like time travel, chair. Ezekiel 34. <clears throat> this isn't exactly an opening for the song, but it relates to what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, Ezekiel 34, and we're going to read verses 1 through, let's see, 1 through third, uh, 24, 1 through 24. Um, who would like to read 1 through, What's the verse again? Ezekiel 34, 34. 1 through 24. <laughs> I'll read it, but I'm not going to read it in that other script that I read last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want me to read in ESV? ESV would be great. Okay. Yeah, great. yeah, ESV. Go, Got go it. for ESV. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Here we go. Prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy, and I say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, Shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones. But you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there were no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. 
Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts. Since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves, and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. The Lord God will seek them out. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep, and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among his sheep, that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them Injustice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to be to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side and shoulder, and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant, David. And he shall feed them, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. <clears throat> Good reading, Daniel. Thank you. All right, turn to John 10. So as you look at John 10, notice that it begins with who's speaking. Who's speaking in John 10, right at the beginning? Jesus. Jesus, right. So we know, if we take a look at that and try to figure out the context, so tell me the context of 
this? Because if I just go right to 10, I see Jesus speaking, and it's like, I mean, who is he speaking to? Um, so, how do we know what the, the, sh- what, what, what's the context of this? The sheepfold? Yeah, so before, so what's the context of the fact that all of a sudden we, we start 10, but 10 is him just speaking. What's the context of him speaking? He was talking to the Pharisees. Okay, yeah, very good. Previous chapter. Very good. And so, what's the last thing that, where does it say that he was talking to the Pharisees? Verse 40. 40. Okay, so Tom, why don't you just read 40 um, through 41. And some of the Pharisees, which were with him, heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. So, 10 is just, I mean, it's almost like we shouldn't even have a chapter right here. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. it's just, he's continuing this conversation. Right. And he's talking to who? The Pharisees. The Pharisees. And what do the Pharisees know? What are the experts in? Law. The law of the scripture. Right. So the Pharisees are very, very familiar with what we just read in Ezekiel 34. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I want you to keep in mind. So you, what did you pick up in 34? Did you, what kind of things did you pick up? Did you heard Daniel reading 34? Um, what are you sort of hearing in 34 that Ezekiel does? Prophesizing or judgment or what? Are you, what are you hearing in in what we just talked? What, what we just read? The priesthood was corrupt. Good, good. Okay, so there's a corruption going on with the priesthood going on with. Yeah, those okay. in charge. This way. Those in charge, the authority. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. The pastors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but that's true. You, I always think about this. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, we always like think Jesus is judging all these other people and stuff. It's like, who's he judging? He's constantly judging the re- religious leaders. Um, so, um, all right. So, what else? Anybody else? As How many judgments does Joe Wolstein have? <laughs> How many what? Yes. <laughs> I just got four. I don't know how much he has. <laughs> kind of applicable. <laughs> um, so, what? Um, what else did you hear in thirty-four that we read? That he was going to look after the sheep that have gone astray, that have not been fatted, that have, you know, been injured, or, okay. you know, they're lost, you know, yeah, the less fortunate. The good shepherd. He He's the good shepherd. Jesus uh-huh. is, right? Shepherd. So he said he personally will shepherd. Yeah. And then David will shepherd. Yeah. And David will shepherd. David will be his prince. And is, how is David going to be a shepherd? Son Where's David. David at this point? Because David's long gone. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> He's long gone, but yeah, he's long, long gone. gone. Yeah. <coughs> so, so how does that work? Exactly. The son of David. His, All right. his servant uh, the from the line of David. David. Yeah, the yeah. David. If you remember, it doesn't say what is the Second yeah. Samuel? Yeah. I think is the Second Samuel seven. I think is where you or First Samuel seven. First Samuel seven, where you have the um, the prophecy that there's going to be a king that lasts forever. Okay, under that's going to be, you know, part of the throne of David. Right. Maybe Second Samuel, because that's when it starts. Second Samuel. Samuel, yeah, okay. So, just keep all this stuff in mind, and you're these Pharisees in Jesus' day that he's talking to right now, and you know, when you hear the word shepherd, 
boom, you're going to go right to Ezekiel 34. Okay, it's going to be very familiar to them. All right, so keep that in mind as we read this portion of John. Well, the Pharisees are the reason that the sheep got scattered. In, in Ezekiel. Yeah, well, in Ezekiel, first of all, the, well, the Pharisees didn't exist at the time of Ezekiel. You had religious leaders, yeah. but you didn't really have the Pharisees yet. Oh, okay. um, but what you did have was you had the religious leaders, and you had Israel just mm. in sin, and you had the leaders in sin, and everything was going to pot. And all the false gods. And yeah. Gods. But here's the real question. Is there really a spaceship in Ezekiel? <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. Is there a spaceship in Ezekiel? You've never heard that question? I think I have, but I don't really know where it's Ezekiel that. It's a flying machine. The flying it's a, machine. It's the throne of God. When, oh. when he departs his people. It, it has the eyes and the wheels. In oh, is it a You've chariot? never heard that reference? A chariot. They call it a chariot. I, I, what? Faintly, I faintly Every heard UFO of that before, but I don't remember. Every guy in the world quotes Ezekiel about that. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> We're not UFO guys. There you go. Yeah. Now you can. <laughs> so now think of how many years we jump. We jump about yeah, four hundred years, maybe roughly four hundred years between the time Ezekiel wrote, and all of a sudden here we are with Jesus now talking to these Pharisees, and this is what he's going to say. Okay, so just give ourselves some context. Who wants to read? John 10. I'll keep reading if nobody else wants to. No, let's have someone else read. <laughs> I'll read it. Chad's going to read it. Good. Okay. Nope, I want you to read all those, but I want you to read 10, 1 through 10, 1 through 30. Did you type your horse? Yeah, I was going to say. I don't want to get loose. I did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, had to, he had to muck up after him first. Well, no, there's a reason I'm going to 30. Because actually, well, you'll see. Because the, actually the subject of the sheep continues all the way to 30. Yeah. So, 1 through 30, John 10. Okay. I'm the good John 10, 1 through 30. And we have read Ezekiel 34, and you already know what Ezekiel 34 is about, so hang in there. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There is division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? I and the Father are one. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So what do you guys hear? Well, I, I just thought in verse 5, he's, he, the bad guys are a stranger. And then in verse 10, the, the bad guys turn into a thief. Hmm. I was say the bad guys. That's and then good. in verse 13, the bad guys turn into higher guys. <clears throat> so there's three different... Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Seeing the life different categories. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe the same one. They're just described differently. That's good. Yeah. But he is pretty rough on the thief in verse ten because he says this one is coming to steal and kill and destroy. Yeah. And when he was reading that, I thought it kind of hit hard. Something I never thought. These type of guys, you know, in our culture, we think um, a religious leader is, you know, he's sincere, he's a good guy. Jesus is saying, he's a thief, and he's coming to kill you. And how would you discern that that's, how would you know he's the bad guy? Anyone who's not a Christ. You don't recognize his voice. We all know that we hear the voice of God. The good old days when they used to burn them. I mean, our society is very permissive. Or the Christians are permissive. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we'd all be in prison if we weren't. <laughs> what does he mean when he says he has another flock or another fold? Us? Outside of Israel. Oh, outside of Israel. Yeah, where are that flock? I did. Pretty awesome. That's huh? pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no wall. So he's obviously talking about Israel, but now he's, we'll he's including, he's going to be including shepherd, yeah. us Gentiles. I guess that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, not that. Nice. Yeah. That was nice of him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we could just be... Pagans. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll see you guys. Yeah, Ken. Uh, verse 2 and verse 9, kind of the same thing where he's talking about I am the door, and verse 2... Um, and I read this little side note about nine that says the Hebrew servant who was given his freedom had an option to stay with his master he loved if he chose to give up his freedom his master took him to the doorpost and pierced his ear with an awe and he shall serve him forever Mm. to serve him forever he presents his body as a living sacrifice his ear is forever open to the door of the Savior you know, oh, wow. so John 9 right there. Huh. But similar to like 2, I like what he says about 2, where he's saying, um, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First time it says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Um, I think this ties in with with chapter 8, verse 44, where it says, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. Mm. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue out of his own character, for he is the father of lies. So, you know, he was saying that about the Pharisees. And I think that's that's how it applies to them, as well as the ultimate enemy, which is Satan, which is who is the the thief. Yeah, I was thinking of that too when I when you when Tom was reading about thieves, you guys were it's like it sounds like exactly ten verse ten sounds like a description of Satan. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think Isaiah says I think he's referring them to dogs. So what are you reading? Isaiah 56. Uh-huh. It says, um, between 1 and 2, um, the dogs have mighty appetite, but they have enough, but they but they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have, they have turned away from their own, each to his own game, one and all. Hmm. <coughs> so what's climbing up another way? First one. Clock comes in for another way. He says, not through the sheep thing. So what are you asking, Tom? Are you, what are you... It says, uh, he does not enter the sheepfold, but the door, but climbs up another way. Oh. Hmm. What would... Well, there you go. That is a man, so... Okay. So, well, it says who he is. He's, he's the thief and the robber. So how does the thief and the robber get in? Yeah. Through a cracked window or going <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, no, no, no. Yeah. But from their, from, because if he's talking to religious leaders, how is he? Yeah, from To me, they're, they're, it's almost like 
you're going through a legitimate door and an illegitimate door. Okay, yeah. good. Kind yeah. of like that. Yeah, exactly. If they're trying to get in through their own, uh, because they're Pharisees, their own political education, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, and trying to get through, they're trying to get through the fact that you're a descendant of I don't like um, of uh-huh. Israel. I don't, uh-huh. Something like that. I no, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think that you can do it through that versus? I'm telling you, I'm describing to you the door. Like, yeah, so he, he calls also, himself the door in verse nine. Right. Yeah, I yeah. am the door. Yeah. Anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find good pasture. Think about how we have been hearing about how the Pharisees will argue with Jesus. They're saying, hey, who's the one they follow? Moses. Moses, right. That's right. Sorry. Yes. Okay, yeah. So think about that. Yeah, the context. No, just, and they're going, they're going to speak about Abraham, too, if he hasn't already. Um, so they are saying, hey, you know, this is the person we're, we're following. So that's their door. <laughs> That's how they think yeah, they uh, it, yeah. come in and the people, right? right. Okay. But that's in contrast to what Jesus is saying now. That that's not the way. There's only one way. <laughs> well, so you guys read Ezekiel 34? Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, we're done. So, yeah. Like everything in John, Jesus is quoting from Scripture. He's creating... Exactly. Because how does this open up with them asking, okay, come on, just once and for all, just tell us who you are. Right. It's like, seriously? Okay. Well, I'll tell you yet another way that you will not be able to deny because it's all legitimized in Scripture. And who am I telling you? Why Why am I saying this with authority? Because I am God. Right? And you can't wiggle out of this. And you are here to kill and murder. He's talking not to the thief, but to them. They are the right. thief exactly. of life. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What does it mean, because I've seen this a couple times in this chapter, where he says hear my voice. I know when he's talking about the flock of the sheep, he's talking about the believers, eternal life, Uh but this is, uh, I think maybe two times I saw this where he talks about, hear my voice. Yes. Can can we talk, does anybody? Very, very good question. I'm trying to understand that, what what does he mean by hear my voice versus like if I... If I want somebody to hear me, hear my voice, and I want the right people to hear it, the flock, what is it about my voice that's different than to the bad people? And when you say my voice, you're speaking yeah. of Jesus, Jesus saying this? Jesus' voice, yes, Jesus' right. voice. Right. And why is it important why he's asking that question? Yes, sir. He's asking probably the, probably the this question. is probably one of the yeah, questions, how, okay? It's not so much his voice, but his word. Yeah, and how do you hear that voice? How do, how do we today hear that voice? By reading it. Yeah, but right. but, but how do you discern it as truth versus uh-huh. not truth? Right? And it's because, as Moses says, when he gives the commandments, he said, this is, this is a blessing and a curse, but this is not hard to do because 
The Spirit is with you always in your heart and in your mouth. Okay? Which is to say that we were created with that voice in our DNA. We were created with that? We were, yes. With what? The ability to hear the truth, to hear God. So is that the same thing as the person that's on the stranded island that he just knows what's positive and what's negative, or the, is that we have no we have no spiritual education? Are we right. be able to understand it because his voice is in our ear? Is that what we're saying? You're, you're, these are this is not really go, go, back, then, go back to the answers. The answers yes. Come back. The answers yes. What did you say? See? Come back to the DNA. Okay, so then if that's the case, then we can take this further into um, into Timothy, where it's talking about um, about sin, right? Am I correct on that? Is what? That the voice is actually a voice for eternal life, and we should be able to decipher between good and bad and, and sin. So, yes, except with the Jews, and through Isaiah, God tells the people they're not going to be able to hear or the voice. They're not going to be able to see, they're not going to be able to understand, unless and only if they turn to Jesus. And then they'll be healed from their inability to hear and, and see and understand. But... In our creation, from the beginning of time, it speaks of the fact that we were chosen by Jesus in from the beginning. And that's why he's able to say, and definitively, he is, he is accusing, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Pharisees of being the children of Satan and killing and destroying his people, and their people, right? Because if they were of God, they would clearly know who he was, and they would hear his voice. So how do we know, let's go back, so what was your question? Um, what What did it mean to be able to hear the voice? And right, because how important is it to hear the voice? What does it mean if we're hearing the voice? Who are we hearing the voice of? And we Jesus. are of his flock. Yeah, yeah we're, we're of his that's flock. Right. So yeah. we hear his voice, that means we are of his flock. Given to him by his father. Right, very good. Which means we also, according to all this, what does that also mean that we do then? Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. Keep going. Yeah. We, we, and not just, not just eternal life, life, but also abundant life. Abundant life. We, just, will, we just, will never be snatched out of his hand. Yeah. Great, great. Okay, just so you guys know, Tom and I, we were, came from the Abundant Life Church. So, <laughs> actually, the church we came from in the Bay Area was named after that verse of Abundant Life. We were called Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Um, there's actually John 10 here that it was named oh, from. Wow. So, so we're, we're from the, just so you know, we're from the, <laughs> we're the, you're up here chosen. So does that mean that the people that can't hear are the ones that are sinners, right? Is that what you um, Okay. Yeah, these okay. are the, these are the, from you're the asking the right, exact question. Yeah, the right ones that can't hear, which, which also we could well, well, bring, bring hold in on, chapter we're, nine. We're all sinners. Right. 
Okay. So that we all fall into that category. So I'm going to go back to the question. Keep other people talk here, not just Ace Jason. What? How do we know? How do we hear that voice? Because if we hear the voice, we just said right. It means that we are part of this sheep. It means that we. What else? Abundant life. We have eternal life. Some of you guys eat. What else? What all does the saying here that the ones who follow him be have saved. what? Hmm? You'll be saved. Saved, which is eternal life. Yeah. yeah. But we yeah. have to surrender to him to be able to okay. hear We that have voice. the Holy Spirit. And that's how we hear the voice. So t- tell me how that works. I don't know how it works. <laughs> well, you just said we awesome. have the Holy Spirit. That's that's yes. Okay. So today, that's how you hear the how do we hear voice the voice of God very, through the Holy good. Spirit? Very good. But what about them? Right. I don't know about them. Oh, then oh, because they hadn't. Isn't that part of the premise of dying to self? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because until we die to self, we put ourselves on the throne. And we can't hear his voice because all we hear is our own drum beating in the world. Yeah, which is good. Okay, so if we hear his voice, we can hear his voice. So we can have the Holy Spirit. We can even be saved from this perspective. But here Jesus says, you can't just hear my voice. You also need to do it. What is it? You, what is it you need to do in here? Oh, enter the door. Yeah, yeah and enter the door is really getting into where you believe. Yeah. What well, else does he say in here? Bear so wi- bear witness. Well, okay, we're going. Yeah, they you can bear witness. What's it saying here? What, they, what other words? They do you know here? them. Well, I know them. My hear he my voice, them, and I right. know them. Uh huh. And they follow me. They what? They follow. They what? <laughs> you guys hear that? Follow. So you have not just hearing the voice, but you've got to not just like, oh, I heard Jesus' voice. Oh, I got into the door. Oh, I'm one of the sheep. But now I have to, in everything I do, I've got to what? Follow, follow him. All right. This whole business of being in or out. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just, it's still a challenge to me. I was born a Christian. Were you born a Christian? I think so. I mean, my family, way I grew up, it was, and yet I go, I look at my neighbors and I go like, what are they in and out? I mean, why am I in? <laughs> and how calls, did I, he calls I don't remember <laughs> doing anything crazy. I just, all of a sudden I go, I've been doing this. Yeah, okay. I hit sit. But I just, this, it's still a challenge for me. It's to what? A challenge. It is a challenge. It's, it's a good. challenge. And I'm thinking that means that somebody reached out to me. Uh-huh. Which means we have to reach out to somebody. Mmm. <clears throat> the living water. That's why I say you were not born a Christian. You might have been born into a Christian family or a Christian culture. But somewhere God but Somebody said, pushed me over the edge or yep. yard or whatever. Yeah. And I guess I could have backed out again. Mm-hmm. Well, you were introduced to it, and you saw the light, and you heard the voice, and you followed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could hear the voice and say, "Not me." 
and, and I think you're, you're bringing up the good point, which is hard, which is what we're seeing throughout here a lot, which is there's not sort of like this in-between. There's like, I hate to put it this way, but you're in or you're out. You are, you believe in him, you hear his voice, you follow him, or you're not. Or you're not. Right. I love how he says, they will not follow the voice of strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And and even the Pharisees didn't understand what he was saying. Because mm-hmm. they still didn't understand what it was to hear the voice. So can you be hearing the voice and end up following strangers then? Of course. Yeah. And be rebellious. Yeah. We've all done it. Yeah. I did it for half my life. You know? Good thing I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I think I think some of this is lost on us because we don't we don't have the context of like agriculture and 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 shepherding anymore. Like that's not our world. This was their world. We have TikTok. What else do we need? I guess we can watch shepherds on TikTok. Can we do that? But, but basically, in that culture, if if the shepherd if the sheep had a shepherd, they knew his voice. They knew his call. Yeah. So if there was mixed sheep out there, the shepherd could call them, and his sheep would come. Yeah. The other sheep wouldn't come because they had another shepherd. They were of a different flock. You know, it's it's the voice. It's the call. I guess we have dogs, and we call we call our dog, and our dog would come. Maybe that's something similar. But that's the analogy, at least the analogy, because he's giving the analogy to help them understand more. The analogy is, I guess, a little bit less helpful for us in this day. We're just talking about what's the deep truth, Yeah. which is, but I well, think it's somewhat helpful helpful to think about what the actual analogy was. Well, the, the in Ezekiel, right? Yeah. The, the prophet is God through the prophet is humbling the the religious leaders in that day by referring to them as shepherds, because in that culture the shepherds were like the lowest guys on the totem pole, right? But yet, but yet, David was seen as like an amazing shepherd before he became a king. That's and so well, it was. Like, and again, why he did, was like an awesome shepherd, dude? Yeah. And better be a, a shepherd than he was a king. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he was he, but but he's the epitome of a king. It's like yeah. any good king, the best kings were compared to David. But he was so. But again, why did why was David the guy that that you know nobody thought to the guy wanted to see? Because he's the little shrimpy shepherd, shepherd. boy, yeah. right? Yeah, he's the lowest, lowest on the totem pole. So back in Ezekiel, <laughs> they're, they're, God is humbling them and insulting what He knew would insult their worldly mentality by referring to them as shepherds. And here Christ is doing it again, but then upping the ante. Yeah, the what, what's worse than being a shepherd is being a worthless shepherd. Well, not just a worthless shepherd. You, you, what he's saying to them is, hey, you guys aren't just bad shepherds. You're killing and yeah, eating your sheep. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're mudding the waters. Which also means, what are yeah. you doing to the sheep who are Jesus? Why like he says, you need to hear my voice and follow me, because you've got these other people coming in trying to get them to follow someone else. Wait, is there something in there that says that? I thought I heard about... Uh, fattening the sheep, eating them, and then also using their wool. Is there? Yeah, exactly. Not very good. Yeah, they're clothing themselves with wool. With yeah, their, right. their right. wool. Yeah, that's right. what I thought yeah. that was. I thought mm-hmm. that, that that's what it was saying. Pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> pretty intense. <laughs> and Jesus accused the Pharisees of of devouring widows' houses. He accused mm. them of that. Mm. 
and that'd be something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what else? Yeah, Tom. There's like another um, group of people called hirelings. Called what? Hirelings. 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 Verse 15. Verse yeah, and the good 12, shepherd, the good 12. shepherd gives his life for a sheep, but hirelings, it's just, that's another, that's another group of people. Hirelings are like not the owners of the sheep, right? If you're, if you're a shepherd hands. and you own the sheep, <laughs> yeah. then you care about the sheep more than somebody that is just mm. getting paid to watch the sheep because they're not going to go up against the wolf or David when it went against, went against the lion and the bear hand-to-hand combat to protect his sheep, and he was a good shepherd. But if you're getting paid for it, you're like, I'm not going against the wolf or the, the bear. But then they have the characteristic of the Pharisees. The Pharisees yeah. are hiring these people, right? <clears throat> right, right. And the other thing about being a hireling is, like, maybe you're motivated by money, yeah, right? Which is the greed part of it. Like, you, you've t- you turned my father's house into a house of um, yeah. trade. Okay. Anybody want any water? <laughs> <laughs> I think living water. Yeah. Um, Getting it and following. I think that's where virtue and ethics comes Uh in. Because uh, it requires you to change your ways. And so the question then becomes, how do I change my ways and what is the new way? And that's where virtue and ethics comes in that there is a way and there's a right way and a wrong way. And it's, um, those are the elements that are kind of like the guideposts of how to follow along. So, if, if, you know, it's kind of like the difference between telling a little lie and a big lie. You know, I can be a Christian, but I still like doing this or that over there on the side. You know, it's, that's not the path. That's, a side road. <laughs> it's not the path. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you said, it's, you know, it's, Tom, it's, uh, once you get on the path, you find out that it takes personal discipline to continue to hear his voice and walk the path because there's so many um, signposts saying, hey, it's easier if you go this way. It's easier if you do this. It's, you know, alcohol is the way, you know, and come on, have fun. This is going to be the path for you. And so it takes that learning personal discipline to continue to listen for his voice. Yeah. I agree with that. I also agree with the fact that <clears throat> if you rebel enough and you get slapped down enough, you got to be pretty much an idiot not to realize that your actions are causing those consequences. Exactly. And the way I looked at it, and I still look at it, is I know God loves me when he beats me down quickly, when he gives me consequences quickly so I can relate them to something that I may have done to deserve them. And I can actually go, oh, thank you, God. And I won't do that again. And, you know, it, it also, it's not that it's hard to follow God's rules, mm-hmm. especially if you're a rebellious human being. It's hard if you're ignorant and you don't learn your lessons. 
So for me, luckily, I learned my lessons, and I realized directly that it's God reaching out to me and saying, hey, it's it's going to be easier for you if you do it like this. Which sounds a little bit like you're discerning his voice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any um, theme, thematic thing about being a good, us today, being good shepherds or being good sheep? Like how we ought to mm-hmm. portray what a good shepherd looks like mm-hmm. and what a good sheep looks like. You know, does that make sense? What I'm yeah, to say? follow me. Yeah. He that, said, I'm the shepherd, follow me. Who do we, who do we then want to emulate? <coughs> right. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking. We're kind of sheep and shepherds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm wondering if there's some. I mean, it goes. I think goes a little bit along what you're saying, Tom, too. But you're saying you're like your neighbors and stuff. You know, it's not just a word to follow, but we're also to be in some ways trying to be that shepherd to tell other people how to follow Jesus. I I want to pick up on what uh, Daniel said too. uh, Um. When I'm talking about a metaphor, as a pilot, my job is to get the airplane from A to B the most efficient way possible. But the thing is, is that it burns fuel, and it gets out of balance, and the wind blows, and one degree off heading in in 60 miles, you're a mile displaced. And so my job as a pilot is constantly correcting the airplane back to an optimum. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would describe a Christian walk, uh-huh. is, is that, you know, going along with what Daniel said, that it's those, we, we have a sin nature and we make mistakes, but if we hear his voice, God shows us the mistakes, uh-huh. and, and that's what having a contrite heart is about, mm-hmm. that I've just hurt our relationship between me and you, and I realize it, and I'm truly sorry, <coughs> and I don't want to do that again, and I want to get back on path. So uh, I think it's not an arrival point. It's a path that call, calls for constant correction along the way yeah. because of our sin nature. Do you mind if I had something like that? You were going to say something before. Well, uh, the Holy Spirit kicks in for me. Uh huh. Is that I get this, and I guess it was only after I get. Well, the Holy Spirit would, would have would have been would have been the one that gave me this feeling. Uh huh. And that is this thing about grieving the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So when I find myself going wandering off. It, it actually, I think about that. I go like, wow, he's not going to like that. Exactly. He's, he's, he's not going to like that. It's not uh, he's not going to like that. It hurts him. Yeah. Mm. But now, how did yeah. I get there? Plus, yeah. I, I guess Satan is going like, all right. Yeah. And I go, and I'll actually go like, screw you, Satan. <laughs> you lost that one. And I get, I actually play that game. That's Absolutely. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, totally. I know. He's not, it's just, I think that's not just a game. I think it's exactly what he's talking about. That's called life and death. Yeah. I mean, that is real life and death. I mean, both what Eric's saying, what you're saying, Tom, I mean, that's the whole thing of the following. Because we can come to Christ and we have that spirit in us now, but now that doesn't stop it. We have to keep the path. Well, you know, uh, you know, I was also a pilot. 
And I'll never forget when I went to, uh, years and years ago, we, I got out of the Navy and worked for the airlines. And, and we went to a very liberal kind of a church. And I thought, can I, in, fact, in fact, a minister one time said to me, Tom, you cannot use the Bible like a flight bag. And I, I said, why not? I walked out the door. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm thinking, I cannot use the Bible like a flight manual. <laughs> What's the significance of a flight manual to you? It's the direction that keeps your keeps you. That's where the instructions are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't do it that way, you don't do it that yeah. way. It's you're going to be defying gravity. And uh, <laughs> 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 you, you, or or you can you can you can get all floofy loofy and build all kinds of stuff around it and try to, or you just read what's in black and white right in front of your face. Yeah, and, yeah, and just keep it real simple. It does, but it just actually I actually hear it. Yeah, I yeah, don't hear it here, but I mean, it actually just—I feel really crap, and I go like, "Jeez, you know." Yeah, I was going to add to the um, what you were saying and the idea of integrity and so forth. But where, where do you get your the compass? You're right. The compass says the thing, but like, if it if you don't know what's this doing this, right? Where does that come from? That comes from the book David, and and you were talking about uh, the sin and. That feeling that you get, right? David in all the Psalms is like, he, when he's sinning, he's not going, oh, I sin, that's going to hurt me. Or that's going to hurt my people. Or that's going to hurt whoever. He's saying, I sinned against you, God. Right. Yeah. Right? You and only you have I sinned against. Right. And he's so conscious of that. And that's, that, you can't boy, that doesn't that straighten your... I think it's something that the Holy Spirit does to you. Yep. That's not something that you can just... That's why we've been given that. That's where it's like, but prior, when, when, what we're reading right now, and he's saying these sorts of things, they didn't have that. They didn't, they didn't have that yet. Right. And so it's like, like Abraham, hey, you need, these guys were required to be even that much, hey, you don't get the whole, you need to use your, your noggin and your heart, and you need to be, have your feet rooted in this, and that's so it, you your shepherd. That conscience. Knowledge, faith, knowledge, both, right? You can't have knowledge without faith. You can't have faith without knowledge, right? You're going to be a liberal or a legalist, one way or the other, right? So you got to have both, and then you got to practice and practice and practice, like Tom was saying, all day long, every day, you are a, a warrior. I think it's God sends challenges to us to perfect C- us. Certainly, yeah. that's like that's it. You got to pull your sword. Challenged, out. Yeah. it'd be too easy. That's right. But we have to face the challenge, and through the challenge is how we learn that I'm not going to do that anymore. That's right. It's so, humility. Yeah. Sorry, humility. Yeah. Sit, sitting in sheep poo. Yeah, sitting with the sheep. So what you, about? Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. When you pilots are talking, I'm not a pilot. I'm thinking we're a bunch of guys and we're in flight school and you're talking about the flight manual, which is an instruction book. Mm-hmm. And you think we are all learning to be instrument rated. Hmm. <laughs> you guys know what instrument rating is when you're not a 
you get to well, a level where you can't fly your plane in, in the dark or in the fog because you're reading the instruments. That's what Kobe Bryant's poor pilot didn't yeah. do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David's been. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Uh, I was going to say David's been quiet, but I. But it reminds me of uh, a story that David gave to us a couple weeks, two or three weeks ago, when you told us when you had to go uh, do a speech for a celebration of life. And you said you didn't know where it came from, uh, and you just it just poured out of you, and everybody was just like, yeah. "Whoa!" What did you hear a voice? Is that where you that it came from? You know, I, what was so amazing about that event was I was unprepared for the emotions that it came. Uh, the emotions just came out of the blue sky. I was not expecting that. You know, and um, but the words. Um, were extemporaneous. I, mean, that's, I didn't put anything together. Just mm. got up there and started talking from the heart. And said, "This is this is what I know." Started in the beginning, and about the middle of it, I, I guess I started realizing what I was saying, and, and the emotions hit me. I thought I wasn't going to be able to finish, but I just stopped. I turned around and I looked at my wife in the audience, and she was crying, and um, pulled it back together. Was I that guess confirmation I got the for you that you're on the path? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You stepped into the door was, at that time. He was giving me what to say. He was telling me what to say. How about others? You, yeah, they, they. Well, I was just kind of to expound on that. And it's cool that was a nice segue. It's like speaking about the Holy Spirit, the voice that we have all pretty much decidedly all here um, that guides us you think about these missionaries that go into these you know off beaten backwaters these primitive areas where you have these tribal people that are you know they've been living off they've been pagans for thousands of years and that missionary doesn't get killed, these people pretty much convert almost instantaneously. You know, what is that? You know, they hear the voice mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. And they hear it in a way that they understand it. You know, and they're willing to give up their pagan ways and pick up the cross. And that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we so special? We're not that special. You know what I mean? If people that live in mud huts or don't even have a hut, you know, and been living off the land for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of years, can convert to Christianity with just just a picture, yeah. just a word, just a Bible verse, whatever it is. And it's it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we all stress on spreading the good news, going out and talking to people that may or may not I've ever known that Jesus existed or not. You know, I, I stress on it still to this day. What do I say? How do I do it? How do, you know, when do I drop that, the J-bomb? You know what I mean? It's like, but the reality is, besides setting an example, and hopefully a halfway decent one, you don't have to say much. You know, you just have to make them aware that this life exists for them and that they don't have to live in sin and misery and hell. 
And, uh, Which means you're doing what? You're sharing the good news. That's right. Yeah. Sharing the gospel. Preaching yeah. the gospel. <clears throat> what is it that brings people to Christ? Tom has brought this up multiple times. Romans 10. Right? How does, how does faith come? Through hearing. hearing. Hearing comes by preaching the gospel. <laughs> or, yeah. I'll never forget, in 2008, I was in the southern Laos of Fiji, and we were out on a, a sailboat for a couple, two and a half weeks on a surf trip, and we were a five-hour plane ride to Bithilevu, which is the main island of Fiji, and, you know, taking you four days probably to sail there. And there was nothing out there in the southern Laos. We were on this island called Tutoya, and... Um, we were on an island where they hadn't seen this color of skin probably in over 15 years. And the teenage kids had never seen anybody like us. And we were like six surfers down there. And these people in the 1940s were headhunters. You know, <laughs> they were cannibals. You know. It'd be interesting to go back down there knowing what I know now and try to... Give the good news, yeah. you know. Hopefully I come back with my head, but you never know. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. So, Tom, you, I want to go back to your question. Do you remember your question? Yeah, is there... Ask, ask, ask that question again. There's some type of metaphor or theme about um, how we ought to be shepherds or sheep or... How to hear that voice? Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want you guys to... Look at, notice the response, because all of you are sort of picking this up here. Notice um, in John 10, the very beginning, so Jesus is talking, and he says in verse 3, the sheep hear my voice, so page 64, the sheep hear my voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leaves them out. When he's brought them out, all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So Jesus is, is Telling the Pharisees this, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then John inserts this. What is what does he say? That they didn't understand him. That they what? They did not understand. That they did not understand. Right. So what's the key that's going on that's separating these two? Okay, He's not what? calling their names. Right. Yeah. So they're not understanding. Right. Okay. So you have the Pharisees who are Jesus speaking to them, and they're not understanding, which shows that they are not his sheep. sheep. Right. Okay. So going back to Tom's question, where does anybody can think about in Scripture where this is talked about as far as understanding and the key to understanding? Isaiah 52. Well, Isaiah 52, what about New Testament? Oh, sorry. Well, the key, this whole, what, what did you say? He said, sorry. <laughs> and I said, pretty brilliant answer. What did I do? He says, behold, my servant shall act wisely. He should be high and lifted up. And <laughs> he shall be exalted. And then it goes on and it says... Uh, no, don't challenge me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, all you guys. Are you? We're supposed to memorize this. Yes. You shall sprinkle he, many nations. Yes, you yeah. shall sprinkle many nations. The kings will close their mouths because of him. Awesome. And then, 
what's the next? <laughs> if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. Uh-huh. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Yeah, okay. Uh, what were you 14? reading there? It's 8. Yeah, okay. That is 846. Yes. Well, there's a lot, a lot of different places. So, but what's the key here? They, it's understanding yeah. is sort of like the, the key that sort of determines, are you hearing the voice or are you not? Right. Are you part of the sheep or are you not? Do you understand? So I want you guys to look at, turn to 1 Corinthians, for those of you who are here with, when we did 1 Corinthians. How many were here when we did 1 Corinthians? Four years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was quite a while ago. Five years ago? <clears throat> I don't remember how many years that took. <laughs> Steve was there. First Corinthians. Tom was there. Yeah. First Corinthians. Yeah. Oh, where in First Corinthians? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, First Corinthians 2. I was there too. You were there too? I was. In First Corinthians? In fact, I still have the little book. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, that that's, was right. One of the most oh, that's right. That was one of the most powerful things I think I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So in 1 Corinthians 2, let's um, start. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, in fact, I'll start at just verse verse 6, which says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So you think Jesus is hard. I mean, even Paul. <laughs> okay? Um but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, which again now is referring to obviously the Pharisees in part that we're just reading about in John. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart a man of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us how? Through his spirit. Exactly what Bruce said. <laughs> Remember, okay? That's what started the whole I Bruce started this discussion about how does this work today? It happens through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. There's no way we can follow that voice and comprehend God, what God says, without the, what? Spirit the spirit that lives in us. And how, just going back, remember, and I think, we even had a discussion, Ken, a long time ago. How does the Spirit get in us? Jesus gives it to us. When does Jesus give us that Spirit? When He calls us. We accept. When we believe. When we right. Believe. When we believe, yes. Okay. So just to be really clear about that, in fact, there's even some people who sort of teach, well, no, you believe, and then later there comes the Spirit. No. Galatians, it's very straightforward if you remember. When you believe... The evidence of that is you have the Spirit in you immediately, okay? Instantaneous. It is a confirmation that you've believed. So it says, So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might, here's a word, right, what they were not doing, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So the key is understanding here. As we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And now it gets down to what you, Tom, were talking about a little bit at the beginning with like your neighbor and you and feeling this. <clears throat> the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So the person who doesn't have the Spirit doesn't understand, doesn't hear the voice, doesn't follow, doesn't accept the things of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them. There's understanding again because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Is that what the word propitiation is all about? Um, not necessarily the mm-hmm. propitiation, but what, what is, how does that propitiation? I mean, I, I seem to remember the word propitiation, and I don't yeah. know how propitiation is like atonement. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, yeah. I think that's part of the process. Is atonement that, would be a, the part of the process that happens when you first come to Christ, right? I think would that be how you would, yeah, explain it, that? It, it's having a contrite heart. It's changing yeah. it's a process yeah there's both yeah it's a part of it's a process yeah. yes yeah okay. so does this going back to again you the one that started this Ken to this question about how the how do we hear that voice um, does this help Tom what I was saying as far as another passage it talks about how does this happen yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Because this is, I mean, this is how we differentiate. This is why, when and you said, Tom, this is why, again, you go up to someone who doesn't believe in God and doesn't have the Spirit in them, and you see it, you see something's not, they don't get it, <laughs> right? You try to explain them something, they just, they, they don't get it. So um, that, that was like my amazement. How do these tribes in the middle of nowhere get it? Get it. Yeah, how do they get it? How do they get it? Because... Right. They have the spirit inside them because they believed. So the first thing is they've heard the word. So a missionary, how do anybody comes to the Lord? Anybody of us, we hear the word of God somehow preached to us or we read it ourselves or something. That's what a missionary is doing. He's taking the word of God. He's walking into this culture that doesn't know anything about God. And he starts preaching Christ and all of a sudden the oh. spirit <laughs> is in them. What they believe. You said, okay, all of a sudden the Spirit is yeah, in them. What they believe. Yeah. Was the Spirit seeding them ahead of that? Well, I would say very possibly. Absolutely. Yes. I would yes. say yes. My understanding yes. is that there's oftentimes miracles involved. Yeah. Um, you know, so I they that too. like or heal yeah. somebody or do something and they see the power and the Spirit yeah. and then it's they recognize the truth yeah. and then it's like. That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Well, the next question is, what keeps you on the road? Well, okay, so, hold that question. Now i got to do my little stretch. <laughs> you guys are talking about this. 
Here's my metaphor. You use the one about the airline. I might see if this makes sense. Um, <clears throat> all right. Anybody remember what the new covenant was? The new covenant give us a new. Live God with all your heart, mind, your soul, right. and, as, and your yeah. your neighbor, and as I have loved you. Right. So there was a new covenant. There was the old covenant. Right. The old covenant. The problem was the law was outside. With the new covenant, the difference is now it's written on our <coughs> heart, heart. hearts. Okay? It says he'll give us a new heart. Give, exactly. And Ezekiel, and we'll go read right now, I think it's 37, says that 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 new heart is going to be with the new the spirit that's going to come into that heart. And we're going to find out later, Jesus is going to tell us that when he leaves... I'll leave you with another. There's going to be coming the paraclete, another... So that spirit can now live in us. Okay? So once you think of this as your heart, okay? Maybe not very good cut out there, but I did the best I could. Alright? So this is your heart. This is someone without Christ. Alright? That doesn't know Christ. And so the word is preached to them. And they decide to, they make the decision. And I would say, absolutely you're right that the Spirit is working in that to bring them ultimately to faith. They don't come to faith by themselves. Right. Okay? But they're willing, they're humble, they see their sin, they accept Christ, and now the Spirit is in them. Yes. So part of the part of the problem, at least in my, in my life and what I see, is that yeah. you don't, when you're in sin, you don't know it's sin. It's you're a natural right. man. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. You're the natural yet, person. Yet, nonetheless, God is knocking at the door. Jesus yes. is calling you. Somehow you hear this truth. You say, I know this is somehow better than what I've got. Yes. This is a lie. And I know it. I don't quite understand it. Right? But the truth makes sense. Yes. But I haven't chosen to believe yet. But I can recognize it. When I think that process is what Tom Simon, I think right. that is where the spirit is very Speeding. much involved. This is what, in Tom, this is, yeah, this is what Tom was asking. I want to make sure that you, you, yeah, that was answered. Right. So let's assume now as my little, so what's going to happen is when that spirit, when we believe and that spirit comes in us, I'm going to just do this. Okay. I'm just going to paint this and you'll see what I'm going to paint. Try to paint. Okay. This, so, this have sparked? and I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an artist like Jason. Um, so we'll just <laughs> do the best we can. Okay. So probably pretty applicably, I'm going to use a, um, use it as a cross. Uh, I don't want to get painted. <laughs> All right. So does this make sense? So. The Spirit's now in you. So you have the ability to hear the voice. You have the ability to follow. But how do you keep that? Because right now I have the Spirit in me, but it's like, okay, oh, I'm saved. You crucify yourself along with Christ. Yeah, okay. So, take that. And just hold that for me. Okay, I want you to take the... Here, come around here. <laughs> oh, okay, just hold this one. 
Okay, got that? Can't see it. Alright. So, sit, go and sit down. Let's see if you can do that. You guys are really Come bad. On, Bruce. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Come on, Bruce. to hold the blackboard. <laughs> no, I don't want you to hold the blackboard. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's the issue. You've got, you've got the spirit in you, but I would, but what do you do now? Which is, how do you keep on track? Okay? Because I'm going to say that this is a spirit. Okay? And I want you guys to watch. So, spirit. Alright. Okay, so there's a spirit. Okay? Now, the light, you're not in the light. You're just all going living your life like you usually would live it. Alright? But if you're going to live by that spirit that's in you and hear that voice, you're going to follow Christ. Which means you're going to put yourself into the light. Put yourself in the light. Go ahead. Put it in the light. Okay. All right. So you're so you're in the light. All right. And now, what? Whoa! What happens? It's not monochromatic anymore. <laughs> you retained it. What happens when you're in the light? Bruce, yeah. you're good. Okay. Glory. You start that. Great. What you're starting reflecting and what you're starting to live is you start looking like the very spirit that's in you. You start looking like Christ. All right. But to do that, you had to put yourself hmm. in the light. Hmm. You mean you I didn't have to, to grow this long hair and beard? Yeah. Sorry. But watch, watch what's <laughs> happening now. What uh, happens if we, and you guys even notice it yet? It's yeah. fading. The it's glory. starting to fade, isn't it? The glory's fading. Uh-huh. Okay. Glory. Which means it's like what Eric was saying when you're flying the airplane. You know, it just starts like you just start getting off. Alright, and you need to go back and you need to correct yourself and you need to get yourself back in it's the light. It's like Moses' face. Right. And what's not exactly, and what's what's great is when you're like this too, what ends up happening? Other people start looking at you and going, Oh, there's something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I have Christ in me. I'm reflecting that back to others. So my question is, how do you do this? Because that was your question. For me, for me, I, I like this one. Uh, for me, what I've done is I've surrounded because I've been kind of um in and out of church, hopping for most of my life, you know, raised Catholic. For me, is surrounding myself with a group like this. Okay. Um, um, I, as you know, I'm not gonna say a big thing, but I played a lot of music. But playing music at worship helped me because I'm I'm there involved in helping other people. Just being in church, like Daniel does, I see him help people take things up and. Mm-hmm. Every time he gives a ch- chance to help somebody there, I think just myself surrounding myself with a Christian family yeah. has helped me a lot. And, and no longer, it's not that I don't like other people or uh, other sinners or anything. It's just I, I just prefer not to be around them no more. Mm-hmm. And and somebody else said something today again during the, tonight about, um, you know, tell the devil to go or whatever. I I do that. I mean, it's like whenever. There's some temptation or the very first thing I do is I turn around and say a prayer, yep. and that's really helped me. So for me, the answer to your question is maintenance. Christianity maintenance, I guess. Yeah, definition. Okay. What about 
I know you said something even earlier on when we asked this question. What well, is I've got a rebellious spirit, you know. My great-grandma was Comanche, so I'm pretty... So what keeps you hearing that spirit, as I think it was Tom talked about, too? What keeps Christ, you guys from hearing Christ that spirit? Christ called me at a very young age, and I grew up without a dad. So I always had, you know, call not, no man your father, but that which is in heaven. I wrote that on my wall. I, you know, I, I had a lot of... Bible sayings that I followed to get me through adolescence and, okay. and my teenage years that kept me from, kept me out of jail, basically. <laughs> you know, I laugh, but, you know, I, I definitely had a death wish growing up. So I was very, uh, very, I thought I was going to be a Hollywood stuntman, you know, and, and I, I just, very rebellious spirit. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. What about others? What keeps you, what keeps you in the light? Well, you have to How plug an electric in car in every day. You what? You have to plug an electric car in every day. Yeah. So in the yes, morning, sir. you get up and get your get, get fired up yes, with a, a devotional or something. Very good. Right. Very yeah. good. you got to surround mean, yourself yeah, you're with gonna, what Ken said, Christian yeah. people. you got to serve. you got to put your you know eye on the word. you got to live it. you got to <clears> breathe <throat> it. You know? I mean, that's, I will say, I mean, and if you read even the things here, what, what does it talk about? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Hmm. Where do we find the thoughts of God? Hmm. Where do we find it? In the Scripture. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I mean, this is this is what the Spirit uses ultimately to illuminate our heart. Is that we have Him in here, but for that to illuminate, that's I'll be blunt, that's why... We are in this here. It's our owner's name. That's why when we come together Tuesday night, we're not reading this author or that author. I'd be really just blunt. It's like, to me, it's like, we've got to be in every occasion we have, be in this. Yeah. If if, if we read this every day for the rest of our life, are we going to know well enough? No. 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 So do we have time to monkey around with other stuff? No. (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Yeah. We don't. It was so neat. I, I watched our group of people going through Bible recap. In a year, watching a group of people, every went every we got together every Wednesday on Zoom, and we had to read the whole Bible through the year. It was yeah. so awesome watching people who were in the Word like that just grow in their faith. I'm going to call out your wife as one of them. I mean, Michelle, Steve's wife. I mean, just watching her grow in that doesn't take away all the struggles, <laughs> right? But you just see this focus where all of a sudden, like, she's in the light and she, you can see that in her, you know. Um, I was just with Taffy. She is someone who just throws up the word. I mean, if you guys are ever around Taffy, she is, well, you know, just every occasion, she's constantly talking and just words of the word are just keep coming out of her. And you see this woman of faith that's still going through so much, but she is just constantly here. And so I go back and I say, and the ethics you're talking about, Eric, and stuff, all that's, that's, you find that in here. How do we live our lives? Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> Read it. <laughs> um, how's it keeps us on track? Mm-hmm. So the more we're in this, this, this is what gets lost so often in the church is the spirit gets fragmented and severed from the word. Yeah. And you end up having Everything's all spirit. Ooh, you know, emotions, and I'll be fairly blunt, okay? 
We have the charismatic Pentecostal movement where they get off sometimes is they have stopped reading this. Yeah. And everything's about experience. Then you come over to the us, evangelical, fundamental, fundamentalist, conservative Christians. The problem we have sometimes is that we read this and we totally forget about the spirit. You know? And we just like go, we're just trying to read a bunch of principles and we're just trying to learn a bunch of stuff, but we're not really learning to listen to the spirit of us. It's always both spirit and word together. Jesus, we saw that in John 6.63. It says, Jesus says, I bring you life through what? My spirit and my words together. So, you know, during the pandemic, when you taught us a class about the Lord's Prayer and the, the declaration of how the context of that is coming out, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when you're when you're pr- pressing in to the spirit of god it's like jason has talked about dreaming about the resurrection you're dr- you're dreaming about yeah. it's it god becomes like really cool it's like high tech it's way beyond star wars but you stay within a healthy well balanced what is he telling us yeah. stay in his word and um it becomes very vivid yeah yeah and it's also the way i mean it goes back to your time again can again too by hearing his voice I find this I have to really be careful because you can start hearing the voice of the world and I'll be blunt you have to really discern too even when you're listening to other Christians okay and leaders and stuff because if we're not in the word we can start thinking what they're saying is oh that's the word it's like no we're not in ourselves we're not giving the chance for the spirit to work inside of us and for us to know and discern and know, is this a thief that's trying to deceive me and take me away? Or is this someone who's, you know, I have to be in the Word to be able to discern that. All of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jeff, Jeff talked a little bit about this in one of his sermons a couple of months ago, where he said, this is the basis of your core values. Yeah. And your sense of purpose is driven off your core values. And that sense of purpose has to be become more like Christ every day. Yeah. I think we all kind of talked around it, mm-hmm. but that's basically where you have to go. Yeah, absolutely. And there's yeah. something that uh, Paul does all the time in his letters that helped, that's helped me a lot personally. Uh-huh. He's always opening up letters, um, like this one in Colossians, he's, and these are principles that he says he ceases without he ceases to pray for everyone. But he's also asking to be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual yeah. wisdom and understanding. Huh. So I pray for, about that. And I pray that it would bear fruit and every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all the endurance, patience with joy, thanksgiving, that we be qualified to share the inheritance of the saints. Of course, I'd love to <laughs> be all that, but I... When I see him, he, he, all he, his letters start off in that way or in that vein or that manner. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really helped me to go, okay, help me to under, because we perish because lack of knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. Wow. Yeah. So, Very good. Yeah. Who's that? No. First Corinthians, uh, no, uh, Colossians 1. Yeah. Right. Sometimes a, a few words conveys a big message and it's kind of like, when we receive Christ in our heart, there's safety there and there's a transition that happens. And what comes to my mind is 
a ship in harbor is safe. But that's not what ships are for. Exactly. <laughs> that's good. That's a good way of saying it. Precisely. Yeah. We aren't here to be safe and comfortable. That's sort of like, again, what I mean, where it's so many people, so much, a lot of times with Christians, when they really have gotten the spirit in them, they just think, oh, I don't do anything about it anymore. Exactly. They just start forgetting about it. They don't do anything but I, I've arrived. I, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. But a ship in harbor is useless. <laughs> it's not what it's for. It's going to rust and sink. <laughs> So that's right. why it just, and that's why I, I don't know, you guys hear me say this all the time, but I love what we're doing here, guys. Mm. I mean, this is like, to step. me, yeah, this is like the essence. This, this is, this is, I need this, and I wouldn't have this unless I had you guys being here every Tuesday night, you know, to come and say, I, I remember when I went to Colorado Springs, I was like, I was really struggling because mm. I didn't have a bunch of guys anymore that come and just mm. open up the word mm. and start this. Mm. Yeah. So. I'm going to throw out another well, article. It's, yeah. it's mutual, by the way. Yeah. Well, I Most it, yeah. assuredly. Mm-hmm. No, we talked a little bit about hearing a word, uh-huh. but in your everyday life, you don't necessarily have to hear the word. You have to sense the word was spoken it's, through yes. actions and things that are happening around you. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And you mentioned about surrounding yourself with people of same faith. So you went, uh, we'll close. Another Very metaphor. Good. Never a fine sailor did a smooth sea make. Hmm. <laughs> you gotta go <laughs> the to trials sea of life. <laughs> and you gotta go out in the trials of life. If you're gonna be a really good sailor, you gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get out there and do it. Yeah. Exactly. There's another saying, a straight wake marks an able sea. A what? Straight wake. Straight wake. I mean, it, it, for a sailboat, you really have to be savvy to have a straight wake. Oh, yeah. The wind's changing and the swell's changing, and a really good helmsman anticipates it. He's right there, and the, you look behind him, and the wake's like that. Normally, the wake's like that. And you can't turn so it's like, unless it's moving. So if you're, Chris, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're fighting, mm-hmm. then your wake will be straight. You're, you're a good seaman because... Yeah, good. Good. What? Uh... Oh, I was just going to say, for, for, for me, um, like just reading scripture with a mindset that it is the living word and that it is, I mean, as simple as that is, I think just having that like mindfulness and that mindset going into it totally changes yeah. the reading for me. Mm. Which is what I love. I mean, he's teaching the kids to do yes. exactly that. So you, you yeah. just, they're just opening up the word like what we're doing and just reading it and you can start seeing he's hear the stories from him of just watching the spirit work in these in the, our youth as they just simply open up the word and they start going uh, some of the stories you've told too where it's like that's what they want to be doing it's just awesome to think our youth are saying we want to be in the word yeah i mean <laughs> but, it's pretty know? shocking some of like the junior high boys you know like 12 13 years old like they've literally never been to church like they don't understand like before the game, really, what even the Bible is, and just doing like a very simple reading of Scripture without like a, a class or anything really, and just then like hearing the Spirit and able to draw like conclusions that are just like true from Scripture without like really a whole lot of instruction. Yeah, yeah. I'm just um, gonna say that my daughter, real quickly, my daughter is 15 and she loves Chad. And when I was leaving tonight, she goes, "Where are you going, Dad?" I go, "I'm going to buy." Oh, you gonna see Chad? And I go. Maybe he might be there in 
and just right out of the bat she um, repeated uh, some verses from Roman. And I was just, I was literally, oh, wow. we were just talking about this in church, you know, like how much is she really, you know, and she's never done that before. Mm. I was just, I almost started crying. I was just mm-hmm. really going away. Almost made me cry. And on the other note, another thing I'm saying real fast, but you guys remember my friend Roy Watson who passed in September, and I came in and wrote the song, uh, passing, uh, just passing through. Well, he has uh, his celebration. His family's having the celebration. We're having that this Sunday. And I just wanted to tell you guys that, you know, if you want to keep his family in prayer, this is a difficult time um, to keep his family in prayer, especially the kids who lost their father. And and hopefully this will close the door and um, they'll have some peace in the world. So what's his, um, his name is? Roy Watson. Roy Watson. Laguna Beach local, and so he and he's got a wife and he's got kids. Yeah, so his wife and kids. Them. So oh. this, the services this weekend, this Sunday, yeah, celebration okay. of life at the ranch. All right. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm glad you said that because just remind me to say too that. Um, so I don't know how many of you remember um, um, Rich Thompson? He used to uh, yeah come here. Remember him? His son. Yeah. So his son just passed away. Oh. So Troy. Yeah, he was struggling with a um, developmental, very yeah. severe developmental tumors and stuff all over his body since he was young and just could not read and just yeah and um, so just ended up passing away about moral service too. So yeah, so keep it in mind too. Thanks for saying that. All right, well I'm going to end um, with since you brought Colossians, Tom. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Colossians, and I'll do, do a little thing. So, what does Colossians say? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Mm-hmm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Praise God. And when you do, you start looking like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, Father, we just thank you for this evening and just, um, just thank you for the gift of your spirit, the gift that we have because you have chosen us to be your sheep. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us ears to hear, a voice to speak, and a heart to understand through your spirit, Lord. And we do pray for um, Roy Watson's uh, family um, as they memorialize him, Lord, and just pray that your spirit will be powerfully over that entire service. That you will meet people. That people would hear your word there, Lord. And we also pray for Rich Thompson and, and for their service on Saturday, just remembering Troy. And just in all this, Lord, um, as you are the light that illuminates our heart, may we reflect that light to others this week, Lord. May we save Jesus Christ with people that we meet and introduce them to you, our Savior, that they may hear the word and have faith through the hearing of that word. So just guide us this week, protect us, watch over us, help us to understand more the riches of who you are. As it ends in Second Corinthians, through your spirit and through your word, we can have the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.